Hey, what up Long Beach? We're doubling up this week for the show as more league football gets going. It's the local players who all grew up together dreaming of playing high school football. They finally get to get after it under the Friday Night Lights. As always, this podcast is part of our partnership with Long Beach Post. And as always, the show is brought to you by the562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler. I'm Mike Artabasio, and uh, that partnership with the Long Beach Post, not just producing sports coverage, but quite a bit of education coverage. Uh, we just had a new story up about the uh, COVID-19 test results from the second week of school, uh, as well as a little bit of music writing. So definitely check out lbpost.com. And I'm Tyler Hendrickson. This podcast and everything we do brought to you by Naples Rib Company. I feel like also my existence is brought to you by Naples Rib Company. I simply might not be here without their delicious sausages and barbecue. It's been many a meal for me over my lifetime. And boy, am I lucky to have so much Naples rib in my life. Um, we got to share it with our staff uh, to kick off this year. And um, I, I wanna keep that tradition going. Naples Rib Co, best barbecue in the city of Long Beach and longtime supporters of the 562.org along with all of our other sponsors. And if you're sitting at home thinking, Tyler, I love the 562, but I don't have a delicious barbecue chain that can sponsor your business. That's okay. You don't have to you don't have to have a successful barbecue joint to support the 562. You can go on our Patreon page and support us there. Hit the 562.org, click the big subscribe button and uh, chip in what you can every month. We're so appreciative of all of our subscribers and supporters that allow us to do what we do as a nonprofit journalism outlet here in the LBC. And what we do is cover a lot of local sports and education and everything that involves the local community. Gotta make sure to get to the 562.org right now. We've got season previews up for local girls golf, local girls tennis. We've got a Long Beach State notebook up there. Obviously our athletes of the week that are brought to you by Naples Rib Company, all available right now at the562.org. But today we're gonna take a moment and kind of hand out some mid-season report card grades. You know, during the middle of the semester, everybody gets a progress report. Some gotta bring it home, get the parents to sign it. We've all been there. Uh, uh, some other ones, some other ones, I know I have. some very uh, exciting news, you know, maybe grades they didn't think they were going to be able to have coming into the league season. Like I said, more league football getting started this week. We're going to break down the matchups, obviously, a little bit as we go through each team. But giving out these progress reports, something we've done uh, year in and year out, is always kind of based on where the team is coming from, where they're going, where expectations are, stuff like that. Like not every kid gets graded the same by every teacher. We, we'd love to think that that's the case. We'd love to think that everything is right down the middle fair for everybody, but that's just not true. What, what JJ's saying is these are grades based on the teams, not power rankings. So uh, Cabrillo football might be ranked above a team that we would not, or they, they might uh, get a grade higher than a team we might not necessarily expect to beat them because the expectation window is different for that team. So we're going to start with Long Beach Poly Jackrabbits. I feel like that's the smart place to start since they have been kings of the Moore League recently and throughout history. So guys, with Polly giving out a report card, as has been the case with the rest of the league this year, and so we'll just get it out of the way early, difficult to do so considering where they're going because they're going to get guys back, right? Like everybody's either banged up or they haven't had their full complement of players, yada, yada, yada. So like with Polly, it's going to be tough to compare the, this group preseason to league season because they're simply just going to look different. Well, 
there's two components of that. Number one is they played three top 20 teams in the state and they are playing uh, two bottom 50 teams in the state in league. Uh, so it's a level of competition issue. And it's also, as JJ mentioned, a lot of guys who've been injured and who aren't yet uh, eligible to play because of transfers. Um, so I would say uh, like a C minus with uh, quite a bit of uh, unexcused and excused absences um <laughs> you know on the attendance record sounds like um, mike in college <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> uh sorry. mr professor so you're telling me if if i get a 68.0 that's a c in your class gotcha <laughs> um that, yeah that'd be my grade i mean i think you know you don't want to fail them because um again their win over lutzinger is the best win of any program in the in the city Lutzinger is uh, pretty highly ranked and we do certainly see that it's a talented poly team but you have to give them a low grade which I would consider a c-minus despite my academic record in college um, because obviously they're one and two um, they certainly thought they were going to beat Sarah that was kind of a coin flip game and they certainly thought they were going to look better against Mission Viejo than they did um, the other thing I would add is they're still playing a big game. They've got their at Corona Centennial on Friday, depending on how that game goes when they actually, they're the only ones uh, who have not finished their non-league schedule in the Moore League. Um, I think we'll have a little bit fuller picture. And then it's going to be real hard to say what the, these Moore League games mean, JJ. I completely agree with you. You know, like they're not going to be playing the level of teams that they're going to see in whatever playoff division they end up in. Um, and they are going to be healthy. So those are going to be the games though that they have to get better. Um, I think they've got to have a lot of pride in trying to turn around and not just assume that it's going to happen just because they're getting guys back. Um, I think we had an interesting conversation offline about how maturely they handled those early season losses. No one was throwing helmets, no one was quitting, et cetera, which is different from the way it's been at Poly under Antonio Pierce or under Raul Lara, quite frankly. And I was, I thought that was a good sign. The kids were accepting, Hey, we got a lot of work to do, et cetera, et cetera. But the flip side of that is, did it bother them that they were losing? as much as it did under Raul Lara or Antonio Pierce. And we won't know that until we get into the more league and the playoffs. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a pretty good assessment and a good grade, Mike, I would go, I would take the minus off. I, I would just give Polly a C um, because if you looked at the season, let's also remind ourselves the Jackrabbits lost a week of practice right before the season due to that COVID test, which rescheduled the Lutzinger game and made that, Instead of the season debut, it was the debut was on the road at Sarah. Um, the Jackrabbits also didn't get a chance to have their scrimmage, which which certainly helps in preparation for a season. So, um, you know, I think if, if things had been shuffled back the way they were intended, maybe Polly does squeak to a two and one record rather than one and two. The other reason I chose C is because we've yet to see the Polly team at its full potential. So I, I had to sneak a little bit of a pun in there. So it's a wait and see for the Jackrabbits, but definitely the expectations were high. The, the score line against Mission Viejo doesn't look great. We don't know what the score line is going to be against Corona Centennial this week. Obviously they're the best team Polly's played so far. So it could be, um, it has the potential to be lopsided in the Huskies favor. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's still a lot of improvement to be made and you still have to integrate those pieces. You know what I mean? It's not just getting the talent back. It's making sure that everyone's on the same page you know, they can, they can work together and find the right positions. Can they do that during the league season and go into the playoffs? It's definitely happened before this group has the talent to make it happen. It's also going to be interesting to see what division they end up in because 
the the level of competition in the playoffs is still up in the air. We don't know what kind of teams they're going to be going against yet until the end of the season. I, I agree. You got to take that minus off because I think it's closer to a B than it is to a D. So if you give Polly a C, consider this. Let's say parents and uh, people on the sideline don't run into the end zone at the end of that Sarah game. They get to go for two. They get it and they win. Let's say Polly wins that Sarah game. Would you not give them a B at that point? So they are I, one 15-yard penalty away from getting a B? That To me, that almost makes it a C plus. I, I'd give them a – I would probably, had they won the Sarah game by the same margin that they lost it by, I'd probably give them a C plus. Um, they did not look good in the second half against Mission Viejo. And I know that they're, I know that they're missing guys um particularly defensively offensively they're not really missing that many guys and i think they gained 140 yards against mission Viejo. so um that, that's I think tough no to be playing that... from behind though in, in a game that early when your confidence might be not as uh, strong as it should be coming off that sarah game that that's a that's a tough that's a tough way to judge a team where you're having to come from behind against a quality program like mission viejo i would say that of the teams that i you know we uh, we're in a unique situation this year. We've all pretty much gotten to see everybody. Um, I think Polly is more below where they thought they'd be. Like they're below where they thought they'd be by a wider margin than probably any other team that we cover. Um, and so I would stick to my C minus and the, maybe the minus is more of a warning as a teacher, right? That you're like, <laughs> you're like, Hey, you really gotta, but don't just take this C for granted. You know, like I know you've got some easy ones coming up, but <laughs> All right, Mike. Mike sending a message with his grades. <laughs> we know how what kind of teacher he you'll would be. be. To, you, you'll be able to tell by the end of uh, this which one of us is uh, married to a teacher. By the way, <laughs> I would add as we ha- uh, hand these grades out. Speaking of close games, changing grades. Can you imagine if Milliken had beaten Santa Ana and then beaten La Mirada? We'd be giving them an A, right? Because like you don't expect them to go on the road and beat a Carlsbad team that's one of the better teams in the San Diego section. And then they kick the crap out of St. Anthony, which is what Milliken should be doing when St. Anthony's starting a new era under a new coach with less teams, with less guys on the roster than they did last year. So that's fair. That's something we expected to happen. And we'll talk about St. Anthony a little bit later. But if Milliken wins two games that were decided by a combined eight points instead of losing those two games decided by a combined eight points, we'd be giving him an A. But at the point, uh, C? C plus? What do you think? I'd say, C, I'd, say, I'd say a C plus because we've seen the, we've seen the talent that we knew that they had. Um, it, it, they have not performed up to their own expectations for themselves either. I think they and Polly both, if you talk to Romeo Pelham and Stephen Barbie before the season, neither of them would be happy with their record or their results so far. Um, but similar to Polly, you know, you are grading on a curve. You're grading them a little bit more harshly than you're grading the other teams, but that's because they have high expectations, right? Like these, these teams are taking the AP at the end of the year. And so they need more, they need extra work. Um, and I think that they've got to be judged that way. Um, and I would add for both of them that it's just, as Tyler mentioned with the, the, the playoff uh, change in the format this year, it's just weird. Like these games don't necessarily mean that much you know i mean it's just going to be do they finish in the top three in the league i think we feel very confident about both of them doing that and then what playoff division do you end up in so it's it's just a different a different beast than we're used to seeing yeah and i i would probably going back to jj's point on the are that which grade are they closer to i i would put probably milliken closer to a c minus because i think they're closer to a d at this point than they are to a b um and, and that's not to say that that we're not believers in Milliken's talent or their ability to 
to, you know, to contend in the playoffs and in the more league, but it's having been at I, both the Santa Ana game and the uh, La Mirada game and covering those uh, you saw that there was definitely improvement. Milliken played better from week one to week four, but they still didn't get the result. And ultimately it's about teaching a young team how to win and learning how to win. And they, they had that opportunity against La Mirada. They weren't able to put the finishing touches on it. And at some point that that corner has to be turned because when you get into the playoffs, it, it's win or go home. And so it, it can't be, oh, next week or we're taking steps forward or we had some great moments or we played our most complete game. You know, it's like you can play your most complete game, but if it ends in a loss, your season's over when you're in the playoffs. So um, I still think there's a lot there for Milliken. You know, they were missing a lot of key players in that La Mirada game, certainly. So that, that would have helped them. But ultimately, you win with the team that's on the field, and there's there's things that that need to get better for the Rams going forward if they want to reach that goal. When I was there for the the preview, they were talking, you know, a, a deep run in the playoffs. They're they're thinking championship, and if they want to do that, you know, they needed to have won one or probably both of those close games. They were also at home. That's the other thing. When you're at home, you've got a a, a raucous crowd supporting you. You have that that boost. The one road game was against Carlsbad, not a great uh, barometer game because of how good that program is, but it was uh, it, it was a lopsided loss. So the, the Rams still have something to show us. So I would say C minus because it's it's closer to to a D than it is to a B at, at this point. They need to start pulling out those close games if they want to be a championship team. Yeah, C minus I feel like is harsh, kind of like the way a teacher would be harsh on a kid she's expecting a lot from, but that kid doesn't go <laughs> yeah. out of its way to go and do the extra credit. Like the extra credit that's been on the whiteboard in the corner all year, like, hey, solve this problem and you get an extra five points or something. And Milliken's <laughs> just like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and the teacher kind of takes it out on them because they didn't do the extra credit, like win at the end of football games. Because you got to admit, the Rams have looked good in both losses at home. There have been points in mm -hmm. both losses at home when you're like, this is Milliken. This is great. This is going to work for sure in the Moore League. Here we go. And then you don't have that stuff at the end. So, yeah, finishing games, obviously, something big uh, for Milliken. They are going to be at Jordan in their uh, more league opener this week. Well, and one more quick final point. We have seen Milliken do it. They pulled out a close game against Wilson last year. So they do have that experience to fall back on. But let's see if they can uh, harness that. And then <laughs> the other thing, the slogan is win the day, not look good in the day. So... That's the key. These are all fair Gotta points. Got to start flipping those to Ws. The, the, these, the these are all fair points. Uh, look, good in the days, look good in the day is not as catchy. That's not a good IG caption. <laughs> it's not a bad Met Gala theme, I guess. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Moving on, uh, Wilson and Compton are going to be opening the league schedule, so we'll sit with the Wilson Bruins for a second. And I think we need a parent-teacher conference for the Wilson Bruins because you can't just put a grade down on a, on a paper and then expect the parent to understand why they got that grade because so many things have factored into Wilson being winless right now. So I guess you would have to give them an F or like an incomplete or something like that because they missed a game. They weren't able to play at San Jacinto on a Saturday because of a positive COVID-19 test. They have an injured quarterback. Xander McLaurin went out in their last game. 
uh, against St. Anthony. They've played incredibly good talent. Like, Warren is very good. Huntington Beach is very good. They played both of those teams way before they were ready to play teams of that caliber. Uh, we saw them play a re relatively close game against St. Anthony. But again, Wilson should be beating St. Anthony this year. I think both St. Anthony and Wilson would have admitted that before they went into that uh, into that game. Like where they were, programs coming out of last year into this year, all that stuff. So with first year coach, head, uh, first year head coach Scott Meyer, it's tough to give him an F, but like incomplete F, I think you have to give it to Wilson, and you have to have their parents sign it because you need everybody to know that it is only up from here. Like Wilson has definitely put their feet on the bottom of the pool and can shove off the bottom with this game against Compton to start the league schedule. No team in the Moore League should be losing to a St. Anthony team whose head coach says, um, we're just starting the rebuild. You know, I mean, that's just how I, <clears throat> how I feel about it. Absolutely. Um, you know, Wilson's in a, a, a tough spot in the way that everyone's in a tough spot. As JJ mentioned, they've been affected by, um, by COVID, you know, and, and the schedule changes the way that everyone has. But the also... only midseason one. Polly's technically was preseason because they hadn't yet played a game, and Lakewood's was definitely midseason because it was during their practice buildup to the season. So Wilson, the only one who got a game taken off midseason, which I feel like is a little bit more rocking of the boat than before. Yeah, the but I think that like uh, I'm I'm totally with you. I kind of like crumple up and throw out the Huntington Beach loss, the San Jacinto loss, but losing to St. Anthony at home when. I mean, you know, look, we'll talk about it more when we get to St. Anthony, but Raul Lara told me before the season, he's like, we have a lot of building to do. We, we do, we have like 15 guys who are ready to play right now. Um, this is going to be a year where we take our lumps and, and build for the future. And you don't expect them to go beat um, a, an established program. I mean, Wilson for most of the last seven years has been the number two team in the Moore league. Um, and I know that they're younger and they're working guys in. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, Scott Meyer kind of as a new coach, maybe establishing what he wants to do there. But uh, that was definitely an eye-opening result to, to me. I mean, we all know that in high school sports, things tend to stay the same, right? The, the two teams that compete for a championship in any sport in the Moore League, they tend to stay the same. It does not happen very often, you know, that you get these changes. And so even though Scott had sort of mentioned JJ and we'd sort of seen, okay, Wilson – might not necessarily be a playoff team this year. They've been a playoff team for so long that I just kind of still thought of them that way. And so when they lost to St. Anthony, that was definitely eye-opening for me. And um, so I would echo JJ's, uh, JJ's grades. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we're all in agreement on that. And it's, it's also kind of hearkening back to those expectations. It's you go back to the last full season and it, it's very recent memory that, that Wilson was like, we were ready to win a, a more league championship. Like we're about to knock off Polly. They had the huge sellout game at Wilson, you know, and then you blink now and it's like, Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, they, they lost at home to, to, to a young and um, you know, really thin St. Anthony team. That's, that's obviously, you know, we'll get to St. Anthony and talk more about them um, later in the episode. But um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's definitely a tough loss and it's not where Wilson wanted to be. And uh, we'll see if they can turn some things around. This is a huge game for them against Compton to, to kind of flip that script. I mean, if, if Wilson's thinking that they want to be a playoff team, they simply have to win this, uh, this game against Compton. And, um, the, the, you know, we'll talk more about, uh, about Calvin Bryant's team 
<laughs> later as well, but they're, they're also banged up and it could be the right time to play them and maybe sneak a, a season altering win. Yeah. That game is going to come down to who can actually dress out and, and be on the field and play. I mean, we talked about Xander McLaurin being out a handful of guys for Compton were out in that loss to Dominguez. So whoever can suit up will win that game. Literally. Uh, well, I feel like Wilson. Let me, one, one, one last note about Wilson for me was Bobby Hawk did point out to uh, Wilson, you know, Bruin Bobby pointed out to Tyler and I at the OBCC game on Saturday that Scott Meyer did start 0-3 at Lakewood and then turn around and make the playoffs in that same year. So just in the same way that with uh, Milliken and Polly, we can say the competition in the league is going to be different. The competition in the league is going to be different for Wilson too. And quite frankly, I, I've never gone into a more league season less sure of what was going to happen outside of the top finisher. Um, so who, who absolutely, who knows who the three teams going to the playoffs out of the more league are this year? That's got me more excited to cover more league football, if I'm being honest. You know, more league football, not really uh, covered in playoff glory recently, other than like a poly run or a Wilson run that we had that Tyler just mentioned. Uh, so yeah, so let's, let's get it right now. Let's get it in league. But I do feel like Wilson kind of got screwed. Like, uh, like the kid that got put in the wrong group for the group project, you know what I mean? They shouldn't have opened up against Warren. They shouldn't have lost their second game to COVID. They probably shouldn't have played that Huntington beach team either. So like they got put in the wrong group and now they're having to do the work for the entire group. And it's, uh, it's a lot to carry for the Bruins. So they're going to have that game against Compton, like we mentioned. And we already mentioned Milliken going to be traveling to Jordan to take on the Panthers, where the mighty, mighty Panthers of J-Town are the only team in the league with two wins. So if you're looking at their schedule and you're like, okay, the losses that they had, they're two and two. The losses that they had were to J, uh, JW North and St. Paul. These are two good programs, two quality programs on the road. You kind of expect them to lose that game. If we were doing a win-loss circling before the season, probably put a, put an L next to those. If we were doing the best possible scenario, we would have put a W next to Kennedy and Fairfax. Well, they did that. I got to give Jordan an A. At this I'm point, giving, two, to, two and two, best team in the league, I, I'm giving them an A. I'm giving Jordan uh, an A+. plus. As, as a matter of fact, we do great on a, a curve, as we have discussed previously. And JJ said it. Every single team in the Moore League is under 500, except for Jordan. At 2-2, two and two, they have the best record in the Moore League. Um, That's right Compton, Long Beach. Yeah, exactly. Compton's 1-2. and two, Polly's 1-2. and two, Milliken's 1-3. and three, Cabrillo's 1-3. and three, Wilson and Lakewood are both 0-3. Oh um, St. Anthony's only win is over one of those winless teams. So... Um, Jordan, uh, do I think they're going to finish in first place in the standings? No, but grading them based on, you know, uh, their expectation level, their schedule, and the fact that they've had the most success of anyone in the league, I will absolutely give them an unreserved, uh, a plus and a hearty congratulations to Tim Wedlow. Uh, and everyone uh, up on the north side for, for getting it done. Yeah, shout out to uh, Jeremy McGurn specifically. He is a stud over there for Jordan on both sides of the ball. We saw his uh, personal heroics in that victory over uh, Kennedy, uh, playing through injury, getting back on the field to, uh, to help his team get that victory at the death, literally. If you haven't seen that video, please go watch it. it to, right now, it's still my favorite video we've done this season. But, uh, but yeah, they're... they're they're Jordan, and they're always going to be Jordan, and you grade them because they're Jordan. And an A-plus just feels right. Tyler, do you agree? 100%. No, that's a great – That's that has to be what the grade is. Uh, I also want to point out, 
J-Town's played three games on the road. It's not, it's not like they just, you know, benefited from, you know, living in the North and uh, having teams come to them and lose. I mean, they had that Kennedy game at home and, and easily, again, obviously a game that was a coin flip could have gone either way, pulled out that win. Then they go on the road um, and get a win at Fairfax. Uh, and another thing to point out, the Panthers have not been shut out this year and there's been a lot of shutouts. And if you're, if you're scoring in every game, that's giving you a lift. That's giving you, you know, some success, you know, to kind of carry into practice and, and get hyped and have a celebration. So I think even when you lose games, if you're able to, to get off the schneid and say like, we scored, we just wish we could have scored more. I, I think that that's going to keep the momentum going. So yeah, great job by, by Tim Wedlow and staff. Congrats to all the Panthers. I mean, I think it's an A+. I think they've done a great job, and we'll see what they can do in league if they can start to, you know, claw their way up those uh, up those standings. Is it too bold for me to start that video for the Jordan Milliken game on Friday with Kings in the North? <laughs> is, that, is that too much? <laughs> we'll see how the game goes. <laughs> King of the North. King of the North. All right, uh, moving on, we have the Lakewood Lancers. Uh, another situation where you have a winless team with a first-year head coach in Justin Utupo, but another situation where it's an alumni as a head coach bringing in new coaches, a new program they're starting there at Lakewood. And obviously they would want one of their games to be a W. I think that Peninsula game really slipped away from them. They definitely could have got that. The other games, very tough. They're taking on good teams with good offenses, and the Lakewood defense just is not there yet. Uh, that, that being said, they have – closed all three games incredibly well on both sides of the ball. So the slow starts, the bad starts, the self-inflicted wounds on the first half have really killed Lakewood's momentum both in the game and this season. So kind of the opposite of Milliken, where Milliken's doing really well but not doing the extra credit, I feel like Lakewood is not doing well day to day. Maybe they're goofing off in class a little bit too much, but they're getting their extra credit done. If there is an if there is anything out there available to boost their grade, Lakewood is getting it. So instead of giving them an F, I would probably give Lakewood like a D. It's like technically a passing grade, but not a passing grade, only because if you put their three fourth quarters all in one bucket, they actually look decent. Decent compared to where we thought they would look. If you took them as a whole throughout the season, it might be an F. But with that extra credit... I gave him the bump to a D. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree with that. I think that you're describing an academic career very similar to where I was in eighth grade, <laughs> where I was doing the extra credit and still getting a D. And my teachers were like, you know, if you do the actual homework, it would help the grade more than just doing the extra you know, credit. You know, if you put four quarters <laughs> together, you might, you might be able to right. pull something off. And I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> Mr. Mal, let's calm down. No one's talking about doing extra credit and the actual assignments. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, I think you could say that this was maybe the hardest team to set expectations for because they did not really get much of a spring season um, and they have a new coach and they have so many young players. They're changing quarterbacks, everything else. Um, I think where I would agree with JJ's grade and I might throw a plus at the end of it. Um, I expected more from them because Justin Utupo was so good at turning Milliken around when he got there, you know, I mean, and not just in a, Oh, he's building the program they're learning, but he won games taking over an O and 10 team at Milliken. He won a lot of games that next year. So I expected them to win the peninsula games. You know, I mean, I didn't expect them to lose those games where it was like, 
oh, they just came up a little bit short because in the last time we saw um, Toops as a head coach, uh, his programs were getting that extra bump over the edge. Keep, keep in mind, though, that Milliken team was heavy senior laden when he got there. Like that, that was a great team with a lot of seniors. Lakewood, love them. That's not what, that's your, not what but, they are right, right now. But on your teaching a team how to win, they were a senior-laden team, absolutely. They were a talented team, absolutely. But they literally had won zero games the year before. So as, all he did was come in and teach them how to listen, win. Listen, right? as, as, Lo, as Loki <laughs> once said, experience is experience. I don't care if they lost all of their games. Some of these guys who are playing at, for Lakewood this year, these three games are literally their only three games as a varsity football player. Well, and, and let's not forget, Lakewood lost a lot of practice time with their new coach. So it's not just that he was the latest, you know, among the latest hires as far as a head coach coming in to try to take over the program. So it was a shortened window and they they lost that big chunk of time where they could be together and practice. And so I, I think that that sort of hurts you when you're starting off. And that I, I think that if Lakewood had the chance to replay that Peninsula game, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, JJ, I think they would probably win that game now I agree as opposed to when it was before the the Mayfair loss can't feel good I mean certainly the margin I we know that Derek Bedell does a great job with that program and the monsoons are a very good team so it's not a surprise that Lakewood would lose that rivalry game but the, the margin does sting on that one um and and so there's there's still questions that need to be answered but yeah I think a, I think a D grade for for Lakewood is probably probably fair just to go zero and three and not to have a win at this point but the um the lancers can show that improvement you know and, and it happens during league that they open with cabrillo and and we'll see what um we'll see what they can do and and now that the coaches have a time to work with the players and they do have the experience under their belt can they kind of take it to the next level because we we have seen some of that potential like in that we all got to see that game against north torrance and we saw what Lakewood could look like if they're if they turn into a really solid football team. Yeah, yeah, you said it. That's the last one, the last more league matchup this week in the openers. It's Lakewood Cabrillo at Veterans Memorial Stadium. So from Lakewood, we go to Cabrillo, where I'll make this quick. Cabrillo won a football game. They get an A. That's it. That's it. That's the end. That's the end of the progress report. The parents literally well, couldn't get the kid to school to the classroom last year. Couldn't get them in the building. Now they're there. They're passing tests. Cabrillo gets an A. The, the only thing I was considering with um, with Cabrillo was um, was a pass grade because, you know, the, the, the what happens with a pass-fail grade, right? And I did fall victim to this uh, once myself. When you apply to put a pass-fail grade on, you do it early in the semester, right? And we said before the year started, if these guys can get on the field and play, it will be a success. So we, I feel like we chose the pass-fail option if you then end up being good in the class and getting a 95%, you can't switch it back to get an A. They still give you the pass. So that's that, that's that's my only thing is like, I feel like we may have put our application in too early um, because quite frankly, when we talked to Coach Gonzalez, when we were talking about this team, um, and I know when their administration was talking about it, the win was going to be playing games and being healthy. Um, and they ended up exceeding that and actually getting a win. So they deserve an A, but I feel like um, our expectations may have been too low for them. So we might have locked them into the pass fail option. I don't know. That's fair. Yeah. If you were if you were an optimistic uh, Jags fan, you're being rewarded with the A. But if you if you played it conservative, you're going to have to stay with the with the passing grade. But yeah, I, I agree. It's an A. Um, it would have been a high grade. Just the fact that 
they've been able to get on the field and, and make it through these four games and, and, you know, seeing more kids come out for the football team and, uh, you know, really grow that program. And, but, um, but what a lift to also get a win and to get a win at home like that. Um, so cool for, for coach Gonzalez and, and that whole group over there. So definitely uh, exciting times for the Jags and, and we'll see what they can carry in and into more league and, and hopefully, you know, I mean, we'll be frank, you know, they're, they're still at a big disadvantage in these games and it's going to be tough for them, but can they learn? Can they grow? Can they keep games competitive um, when the opportunities present themselves and, and, and build towards next year? And, we'll and can they keep the campus interested? Here's a great here's a great behind the scenes story that nobody's going to ever talk about, but we'll talk about it because that's what we do. Cabrillo had more kids come out for football last week. That, that means right. they're talking on campus about kids coming out for football, and then kids are actually doing it. Yes, it's created mm-hmm. more of a paperwork logjam for head coach Shane Gonzalez, but he'll take it, baby. He will take it in space right now because having more kids may not make it look any different on the field considering like starters and people who are playing or getting stats or whatever, but practice changes when you have more players. And for Cabrillo to have more kids, more bodies in practice is only going to make the team better, but more importantly, make the program better going forward. So yeah, congratulations to Coach Gonzalez, everybody over there. Uh, Like we said, they are taking on Lakewood. The last game we mentioned was the Wilson-Compton game. So we'll finish the Moore League with Compton before we get to St. Anthony. Compton also an interesting uh, study, case study here. Uh, because at first, going in, you're expecting Compton to be an A student, right? We saw what they did in the spring. They've got a lot of guys back. They're big up front. They have confidence coming into the season. But some injuries, two road losses, one of them lopsided to their rival at Dominguez last year, last week in the Hub City Championship, probably has Compton feeling less good than their grade is. Does that make sense? Like, no matter what their grade is, they're probably feeling like it's an F. But I wouldn't give Compton an F because they have proven time and time again, Calvin Bryant, head coach over there, has proven time and time again that they can salvage wins in the Moore League even when things like injuries and depth are going against them. So I would give Compton a C, maybe even a C plus. What about you guys? I would give Compton a B minus. Um, I think that a Cali, if, B, a if Cali you, B minus Cali B minus. I think if you, if you right now told me, and maybe we can do this at the end of the show, maybe you guys have yours ready. If you sat me down and we don't really do a lot of predictions. If you forced me to predict a top three finish in the more league, I would probably go Polly Milliken Compton because I do think they've shown us something um, in the games that they played well in. I want to bring into this just um, briefly, you know, we don't want to get too tied up in the numbers, but because these Cal preps rankings where they literally rank every team in each league in this Southern section and in the state, and those are going to be used to determine the playoff divisions. I do want to bring those numbers in just to give you a sense of how weird Compton's non-league schedule was. Compton's rating is a negative 4.8 in the Cal Preps. For those people who don't know, I feel like we kind of need to explain this. Cal Cal Preps is like the BCS for high school football, okay? It's like a computer where they take every piece of information possible and put it into a computer that then spits out the rankings. I just, I feel like a lot of people don't know what Cal Preps is and they're going to have to know because it's going to be a big deal going forward. Yeah, and what's the name of the sabermetrics guy? Uh, Bill, J- is it Bill James? Oh, from baseball. Yeah, the guy for the Red Sox. It's, yeah, 
Cal Preps is like the BCS run by Bill James. <laughs> it, like it, it's, it is this big all encompassing database, but it's run by this sort of uh, mastermind. And it's then Paul the, DePodesta. Web- let's be honest. It's DePodesta because he doesn't get paid as much as James does. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the website, and then all of this information is uploaded onto a website from 1994. So it, it's a, it's a very unique, <laughs> it's a very unique setup, but to give you a sense of confidence. Okay. As I mentioned, Polly and Milliken, the only more league teams with a, with a, a rating of over zero. Okay, Polly's a 29.9, Milliken's a 7.2, everyone else is in the negatives. Compton is negative 4.8, which by these rankings would be the third ranked team in the Moore League. Wilson would be fourth. Um, let me just give you the rankings of the teams that Compton played. And again, Compton's negative 4.8 on their rating. They played uh, Compton Centennial, negative 31.8. Then they played Inglewood, 49.8, 20 points above Poly. Then they played Dominguez, 17.5, kind of splits the difference, but still 20 points above where Compton is. So we have not seen Compton against teams that the system thinks are equivalent to Compton. Well, guess what? They get into the more league schedule. They're a negative 4.8. Wilson's a negative 8.8. That's going to be the closest to them game that they've played. Lakewood is a negative 13.6. That's going to be the closest to their kind of level that they've played. So they really did. They scheduled way below them. They scheduled way above them. I think Dominguez even is in that category of being, as we saw, a good bit better than Compton. But um, I will say this about the Cal Preps rankings. They have typically been correct about the Morley. And we always talk about it's difficult because we almost have too much knowledge of what teams are going through, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Cal Preps has predicted the playoff teams, I think, nine of the last 10 years for the Moore League team prior to league play starting. Um, and so I think there is a little bit of that. It has a better perspective than we do of that. What does it mean to play a team over your head or way underneath you? Just because their data set is so much wider than us covering the eight high schools that we do. Yeah, no, I I, I think that's a really good breakdown, Mike. And I think the the schedule is uh, has not helped us really get an idea of what Compton is because they've been blowouts in both directions. So you don't really know uh, what you're getting. But I think the other problem is, is that Compton was without so many key players in that Dominguez game that it could have been more competitive. It probably should have been more competitive and it wasn't. So um, yeah, I mean, you, you went, Mike, you went with the, uh, the Cali B minus JJ went with the C high C plus. Uh, so, and I, I'd probably go a little bit, you know, I'd probably go like a, just a straight up C um, because we do have, it's similar to Polly. We do have to wait and see what Compton looks like in a competitive game with their complement of players. So um, it, it's all out in front of them for sure. They, but they just have to keep that group together and believe, and, and there's no better person to do this than Calvin Bryant, but to believe that, even though they've gotten some blowout losses that they've had to live through, that they're going to get better and they're going to play games where they can win Compton stuff to prepare for too. You know what I mean? So any given week, it's going to be tough for teams to prepare and stop that running game when it's running at full strength. The last point I want to make about Compton, if you are rooting for a more league team to have postseason success, you should be rooting for Compton to end up in the playoffs. They are currently ranked in Cal preps, number 173, which would put them somewhere in the Southern section which would put them somewhere between division eight and division 10. Obviously they're going to play teams that are mostly ranked lower than them in the more league, which means that's likely to go down to more like a division nine to 11 range. 
if they're healthy for the playoffs, given that it's difficult to prepare for what they run, uh, run, especially if you're a team in that division, quite frankly, which are typically not sitting on a lot of extra linemen and a lot of heft up front, that could be a team that makes a very deep playoff run if they're able to get into the third place spot. They've been a couple plays short for a few years in a row of doing that. They had the all-time weirdest thing ever when the lightning storm interrupted their game against Lakewood, a game where they were right about to go in for the kill against Lakewood when a lightning strike happens. I think it was a mile and a half away. Um, And then they come back and play the next day. The team's beat up. They have less guys. And, you know, Lakewood was just ready for them on that next day. But, like, when does that ever happen? And I think um, it's hard not to sort of hope that they get over the hump on that uh, on that playoff spot this year. Last but certainly not least, we have mentioned them already. The St. Anthony Saints, first-year head coach, Raul Lara, no stranger to making a football team in Long Beach better. And he's done that. The Saints have been better every week they've taken the field, final score notwithstanding. Obviously, the peak of that was beating Wilson last week. They don't get into their league quite yet. They're taking uh, taking on St. Pius Matthias this week, and I think they have one more game until they reach their league schedule. But at this point, you got to give St. Anthony... Uh, actually, this is what I would do. If I were the teacher, I'd give St. Anthony a B plus, only because I want to motivate said student to get an A and be like, you, uh-huh. tasted, you tasted that. You know it's there. You're, you still only have one win, but you know what it feels like to get that win. So I'd give them the, uh, the obligatory... Um, inspiring B plus just to keep them working hard. What do you guys think? I co-sign that hundred percent. I think if you look at these Cal preps rankings, St. Anthony would be the third place team in the more league. They're about five spots higher than Compton um, in the Southern section. I do not think Raul Lara would have told you uh, <laughs> of one month ago today. And in fact, he told me otherwise uh, that, that he would have been coaching a playoff team in the more league this year. I, I just, uh, you know, he was talking about how foundational the stuff he was doing was with that program, especially given their low numbers. And um, I know they're, uh, you know, they're, they're one and three, as JJ mentioned. I mean, they're not sitting on an incredible record or anything, but um, I agree with a B plus. I just think that this is a team that the expectations, they set really low intelligently and to come out and beat Wilson. I, I don't think you can really overstate what a big deal that is for that program. Uh, for recruiting purposes, quite frankly, in addition to um, in addition to this season, you know, I just I, I think that it shows you that their improvement arc is going to start from a little bit further ahead than I thought or that maybe even they thought it was going to this year. Well, and it's not like everything's gone perfectly. You know, they definitely had to deal with their share of injuries and, and um, you know, players being out uh, early in the season. So, um, yeah, I think you guys are spot on. I think B plus is a really good grade. I think even the loss to Mayfair, it was much closer game than the Lakewood Mayfair game. If you're, if you're doing that, you know, kind of comparison between opponent, you know, common opponents. So no, I think the the saints are in a great spot. That was all we were hearing in the preseason of, you know, Lars coming in, you know, he's got a great track record, but it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. And, you know, I, <laughs> no one's suggesting that they've arrived with a one and three record, but I think we've seen positive results. And like Mike said, I think we're that, that build is a little further along, you know, it's like the anti Dave and Busters right at the town center. You're like, you're surprised with how quickly the construction is going at St. Anthony. Whereas at Dave and Busters, you're like, they're still, they still just have windscreens. They're just now, just now putting the frame up. That thing was supposed to be open. Anyway, that's, that's just what it feels like. Sorry. Not, not to bum everybody out. 
you brought the you brought the energy down. You brought the energy down with the David Busters. <laughs> let's look at it. Let's look at it this way. We did not discuss what we were going to do grades wise before we recorded this podcast. Obviously, we've been talking about football a lot over the last two months, but we didn't discuss it. And at the end of the day, we have two A's, a B, an F, a D, and three C's. So basically, average. And I think that's what we would call the Long Beach football mm-hmm. season so far. It's been average. I, 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 want, I want your guys' predictions on the playoffs. Uh, how playoff about we wait until after the game's on Friday? <laughs> no, that's I want, no. Them, I want before the league starts. I want to know what you, what you guys think. I want it uh, now. Mike, I think you were spot on. I'll, I'll jump in. I think Polly's the best team in the Moore League. I think they'll win. I think Milliken is talented, and they're going to get healthier, and I think they're going to be the second-place team. And I think – Ooh. I still, Ooh. I, I'm a believer in Compton. I think if you run the ball well, and uh, I Tyler think that we, we saw good stuff from them last year. Well, again, it's like, I, I just, it's I would tough. love to it's see we, who's in pads. Yeah, <laughs> right. We haven't seen pads, but I'm still, I'm still going to, I'm still going to rock with Compton. Uh, as okay. Uh, just to make it interesting, I'll go, I'll zag. Um, I think Lakewood turns it around. I think Lakewood has way too much talent, just individual talent to not be able to put it together a little bit. Uh, I think they've put some really good things on film in blowout losses, and that is not something that you say very often in high school football. Usually the end of those blowout losses are not things you would want to say if you kind of burn the film and move on. But I think they've put some real good things on film in the first uh, three games that they've played. And um, I think they have a good matchup in their first league game against Cabrillo. I think uh, I think Lakewood could possibly win that thing with a little bit of a padding, and that could help them with their confidence and all that stuff and get a little bit of momentum, get that monkey off their back, get that victory. Uh, just seeing their individual efforts. I've actually seen all their games. Um, just seeing their individual efforts in those games. They got guys. They got guys. And I think that a right. little bit of glue from a victory could really help them put it together and make a playoff charge. I, th- I think what so would you Tyler would you agree that the Lakewood Compton game is anything could happen this season let me throw that out there Jordan yeah. could Jordan could jump up and get someone they're not supposed to get I mean there's a lot of Ooh, like this week that could happen like this but, week but would you would we would we all agree that if we had to pick a third place game that Lakewood Compton game seems the most likely to be it I yes. think so and I yes. think what's crazy about that is that the Lakewood Compton game is kind of like uh, and I have happened to have covered that game quite a bit over the last few years. Uh, it's sort of what JJ used to have with the um, Wilson Jordan game where he was like, this is, this is always the weird game in the Moore league for the first like mm-hmm. half of our career or whatever. The Lakewood Compton game has been that game <laughs> like recently. And that is a game where even though that's the third place game, I feel like I could picture Compton or Lakewood winning that game by 30 points. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, where you could see what that would look like, right? Right, and it's, and it's very weird. It's later in the season, so it's like yep. that could be helpful for Compton that they're like, okay, we got more time to get get guys back and and get back on the same page and get that thing humming along. Um, but it's also at a decent spot in the season for Lakewood, you know, where you're like Justin Atupo's thinking like, okay, I get more time to work with them. We, you know, we played probably some tough games against Milliken and San Pedro. And then, you know, if they, if they beat Wilson, then they might be confident going into that game. And I don't know, man, but yeah, that, that would be the one I would identify. I think the Lakewood Milliken game is going to be a super fun rivalry game. It'll be intense. 
there's probably going to be a really big crowd at Milliken for that game. Um, and that's, that could really turn how the season goes. You know, if the, if the Lancers are able to win, win that game, that, that could throw everything on, on its head. I know that's one that the Milliken Rams have been circling for, um, for two straight seasons now. So um, I'm fired up for that one too. And, and, and then maybe we'll see with Wilson. We, we got to find out if they're going to stick their hat in the ring and we'll know this week when they play Compton. We will have full coverage from those more league football games and the Long Beach Poly football game at Corona Centennial on Friday night. So on Saturday, when you get to the website, you will hear our breakdown of those games and maybe a little bit more information going forward on which games we think are going to be the most important games in the league. Obviously, like we just said, that Lakewood Compton game could be very important, especially if Lakewood and Compton come out with wins on Friday night. So make sure you get to the website, 562.org right now. As I mentioned at the top, we've got the other sports covered, our Athletes of the Week and all that stuff is available right now, brought to you by Naples Rib Company. Thank you to all of our other sponsors, including Ocean Law Center. Thank you, Long Beach, for being so supportive through these tough times, getting out there and supporting these kids. They need it, they love it, they gotta have it. And sometimes you just gotta give the people what they want. So for Mike and for Tyler and for JJ and for everybody else at 562.org, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you in a few days, Long Beach. See you in the stands. It's just the mid-season progress, guys. You can, we can still do this. Keep working. <laughs>